The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia podcast. Today, you have tuned in to a unique three-part series on workplace trends, where I sit down with seasoned leader at Microsoft Asia, Rosalind Quick, General Manager for Modern Work, to discuss the recent Microsoft 2022 Work Trend Index. Now, Microsoft surveyed 20,000 people in 11 countries globally and analysed trillions of Microsoft 365 productivity signals, along with LinkedIn labour trends and Glint People Science findings. Now, in this three-part series, Rosalind shares three urgent pivots for leaders to drive alignment and empower people for the new ways we work. In this episode, we unpack the second finding from the Work Trend Index, which is embrace the fact that people come in for each other. So if you're a leader and you're looking for new strategies to empower empower your workforce, then stay tuned. Today, this awaits you. Even my first travel out uh, of Singapore, I was super excited. I went back to Japan after three years. I'm not seeing my team physically. Wow. Right? Everyone was very excited. But then travels was really div- different too, right? The whole process and all that was really mm. tiring. Mm. Yeah, so then after that, it became more like, okay, your initial excitement about seeing one another, but, and then what, right? And then what? Because we realized that even as I conducted my work, I have this hybrid environment, right? Where some of them are sitting in front of me and and then I have others on on screen, right? Right. Right? And so the ability to engage is, is, is also different and you've got to get that different skills because it's not like everybody's on video, Right when mm. we were we were back home, mm. and so that whole hybrid, uh, uh, creating the hybrid work uh, environment that w- worked for everybody, uh, we really need to rely on 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 technical uh, technology becomes a very critical factor, yeah. right? So that yeah. this is where we start to rethink, you know, like how should we be engaging our employees? How do we make sure that um, you have the right reasons to come back to office? The mm. the the ways that you would engage in your office spaces, for example, your physical space, how do you design that such that um, whether you are someone participating in person or someone online, that you feel like the, the, the playing field is equalized, right? And you'll be That's able to capture uh, yeah. everybody's inputs and yeah. make sure everyone feels included and, and heard. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia, to the second pod in the three-part series. I'm here with Rosalind Quek of Microsoft Asia, and we're getting into the second finding, which is really exciting. So the second finding from the um, Work Trend Index is embrace the fact that people come in for each other. 
So the key finding from the Microsoft 2022 Work Trend Index was was for leaders to embrace the fact that people come in for each other. Um, I do lots of work with the analytics and advisory company Gallup, and they define employee engagement as the involvement and enthusiasm of employees in their work and the workplace. They have these 12 elements of engagement. And if a um, organization or manager meets mm-hmm. those 12 needs for an employee, they're engaged. And what I found really interesting was it really supports Microsoft's work trend index that having valuable, respected, trusted friendships with people at, at work, mm-hmm. whether that's peers, whether that's bosses, um, um, and someone that looks out for them is really, really important. That brings them back in, especially now with what's what's going on with um, coming back into the workforce. So Microsoft's annual work index data stated that 76% of employees in APAC versus 73% global average and 84% of business decision makers in Asia PAC say they need a better reason to go in than just company expectations. Tell me more about those findings and what does it mean for you as a leader? Well, for sure, all of us, uh, most leaders, right, wish that uh, people do come back in the office and be able to start uh, reconnecting you know, mm-hmm. over the course of the last two years. That's kind of missing, right? So, mm. um, however, I think the, the need to look at new ways and modern approach to really engage the employee experience and build that culture that's going to be suited for the hybrid work uh, that we, we are expecting today is going to be quite different, right? So I do think that um, building or rebuilding social capital could be one of the powerful reasons that people do want to come back to work. And yeah. if you think about um, the social capital that we, the social capital that we had mm. um, built uh, before COVID, that has kind of tied us through COVID, but yeah. that, that isn't sustainable, right? And then you think about um, the fact that people are uh, have already benefited from working from home, the hybrid work. Uh, they see the benefits. They don't want to go back to the same hustle as before. Mm. So that makes it uh, really, like, as a leader, I got to think, like, why do people want to come back to office? And what's the meaningful yeah. way to, like, drive those human yeah. connections? And before you answer that, what did it feel like for you when, when I, you knew you were coming back? What was, what was your feelings around that? To be honest, my first time getting back to office, I was really excited, right? Because yeah. uh, maybe being based in Singapore, you can't get out of this country <laughs> at that time. So I was like, oh, I, I can get out of my room and go see some places. So it's really good. Yeah. But after that, you know, you felt like, oh, the hours spent, you know, getting ready to go to work and yeah. all that. Yeah. didn't feel as productive. Interesting. Just as productive. What right? was the unproductive part? Uh, being in traffic. Yeah. Uh, having to, you know, figure out your laundry. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because you, yeah. Would, you would technically dress a little bit different going to the office Yeah, at absolutely. Home. But right? it's interesting that that does have an impact. It does. Right? Yeah. And then if you think about, but after that, even my first travel out uh, of Singapore, I was super excited. I went back to Japan after three years. I'm not seeing my team physically. Well, right? Everyone was very excited. But then travels was really different too, right? The whole process and all that was really mm. tiring. Mm. Yeah. So then after that, it became more like, okay, your initial excitement about seeing one another, but, and then what, right? And then what? Because it, we realized that even as I conducted my work, I have this hybrid environment, right? Where some of them are sitting in front of me and, and then I have others on 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 screen, right? Right. right? And so right. the ability to engage is is 
is also different and you've got to get that different skills because it's not like everybody's on video, right? When mm. we were we were back home. Mm. And so that whole hybrid, uh, uh, creating the hybrid work uh, environment that would work for everybody, uh, we really need to rely on, on, on technical, uh, technology becomes a very critical factor, yeah. right? So that yeah. this is where we start to rethink, you know, like how should we be engaging our employees? How do we make sure that um, you have the right reasons to come back to office, the, mm. the, the ways that you would engage in your office spaces, for example, your physical space, how do you design that such that um, whether you are someone participating in person or someone online, that you feel like the, the, the playing field is equalized. Right, and you'll be it's able to capture uh, yeah. everybody's inputs and yeah. make sure everyone feels included and and heard. Yeah. Right. And, and in what so, way? How, how is that? What were some of the things that you were doing? That other, I mean, obviously, it's video conference. But what are some of the things that you're doing that does mean that they're on an equal level playing field? Uh, take for take for example, right? If we like uh, some of our uh, team. Some of, the, some of the markets, right, if you, if you think about how hybrid work uh, we play out um, today, right, so basically we have to think about how to ha leverage on technology to create that digital community, yeah, right, um, to have the right modern collaboration tools that help to encourage conversation, help mm. to connect leaders and, and myself and my team, yeah. no matter where they are and how they choose to work. Right? So this is one thing that it seems like a simple sentence, but it feels like you need to put a lot of thought into it. So as we um, bring um, some of, like when I had an offsite, in fact, I did that after two years, it was a very difficult decision because some parts of my team were not able to travel out. And oh, interesting. Yeah, like people from Taiwan and, and uh, China right. were not allowed. So to you had some face-to-face -face No, I had there. all face-to-face -face except the people in China, right? Oh. So it was it was it was not a good feeling, right? Mm. But we and then as a as me and my leadership we thought about how we would energize the room, how we would set yeah. the rooms up and think about our spaces okay, in the room. Yeah. Right? And and then I have to think about some of the other cultural nuances as well, right? Because mm. in some markets, um, you know, people don't uh I would say uh talk over speak, one another. Yeah, <laughs> speak, not going to uh, be courageous in, yeah, in terms of right. those conversations, yeah. And so when we are in the, some of us are in the room, right, we need to make sure that we are looking at those on participants online. And in this case, like for my example, Microsoft, we have that inclusive feature of uh, being able to use hand raise, right? right? So we need to observe that, hey, someone has yeah. have raised their hands yeah. and they are waiting for the turn to speak. Right, so I I remember that I had the 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 team on on screen on the video, yeah, and then the rest of my group we were seated like they were part oh, of the circle, yeah, you know, yeah, and so that gives like clear visibility to yeah. everyone who's able to see, hey, uh, uh, Jody has just raised her hand and she wants to have something to say, yeah. and everybody's like, hey, Jody, um, and and sometimes taking that more um. I wouldn't say exaggerated, but more participative from us, right? So whenever Jody has said something, the crowd. Everyone clapped on the side, yeah. right? So it was really encouraging. Yeah. I think it has to be exaggerated when anything's video conference, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So being knowing that, right? So yeah. other things other than building out the physical yeah. space and making sure that we have the. the so you're bringing them in. I mean, it's it, it to me. You talked a lot about inc being inclusive, mm. and that's really what you're doing, right? Even with the circle, the way that you had, right? You yeah. weren't having everyone kind of as if they're students all kind of back from each other. They're in a circle. So that also creates that sense of community, right? Yeah, the sense of community. Yeah. And 
The other thing that we have also, uh, I think this is in preview, where we have built uh, what we call uh, avatars into our teams. Okay, uh, interesting. Know? So it doesn't mean that you have to, like, you turn up for a video call. Uh, it yeah. doesn't have to be binary, like, do you turn on and off the video? I just yeah. created an avatar uh, yesterday, right? So I was playing with it. What's so your I, one? Well, it has a bicycle hat because I love riding. <laughs> um, I haven't found the color of the outfit I like. But yeah, it, it allows me to express myself yeah, right in a yeah. different way um as an avatar if i if if i don't feel like i'm looking my best today to turn yeah. on the video right yeah and so giving that kind of modernized tools where people mm. can express themselves and mm. still feel connected yeah uh, wherever they are i think it makes it might seem small but it makes a, a lot of difference like the moment i turn up in the avatar like i just tried this with my lt uh, leadership team yesterday and the moment i turn on the in my avatar it's like oh you know, yeah. the, the room Googles just burst yeah. into energy yeah. and everybody's busy exploring the tools and that's yeah. really exciting, right? So I yeah. think making sure that we we are um, encouraging that hybrid and inclusivity is, yeah. is super important and I think technology does play a very mm. important part in that. Even when it's just certain slide decks, right? Like Slido or Mentimeter, when you've got certain cultures that aren't necessarily going to speak up so openly if you're, you know, by using certain tools it's mm. easy for people just to be anonymous and kind of let the room know what's going on. It's just, it, it's really advanced now. Um, it's fantastic. This, yeah, this is a good one. So we, we are able to use like poll in some of our team meetings. And this could be, uh, we have the practice of like, for example, if you're online, even though I'm in person, say in, in this room right now, I will still lock into that meeting. And we can start a meeting by asking, pausing, like, hey, how's everyone from one to seven, uh, one yeah. to ten? Yeah. Right, and you get a sense if the room is like, ah, we all ate. Yeah. Or maybe there's someone that's three and everybody's like, mm. you know, okay, let's lean in on like how we could yeah. help rather than we just go straight into like the business. Yeah. And again, right, these tools are easy for someone to just say I'm three versus like, yeah. how are you feeling? Yeah. And I might not want to tell yeah. you. <laughs> but that's the difference now with the role of a leader, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about coming in. He's, these are the goals. This is what you need to do. Right? It's it's about being kind of a little mini facilitator. It's you know when you're going and conducting a meeting and getting people engaged, you're having to really read that room. It's interesting that you were saying you had to think about the screens and then you know the people around you. I mean that's what kind of training facilitators do all day, right? But mm. now leaders have to be able to know that technology. There's no excuses of oh I don't know how to do that poll. No, I need to know. Mm -hmm. I need to check in with everyone at the beginning of the meeting. How does everyone feel? Are we ready for this meeting today? Yeah. So it's it's changing their roles in terms of being able to understand the technology, get to um, a pulse check of their employees then mm -hmm. if they can't see them one-on-one, -on -one, right? Yeah, it's just, I, I, it's, it's I, kind I, of changing. Um, how has the findings kind of shifted your thinking when you first looked at those those res those results, you know, we, we saw 76% of employees in Asia Pac would go to the office more frequently if they knew their direct team members would be there. It's interesting. It doesn't say managers. Mm. It says team members. Let me read that again. Sorry. 76% of employees in Asia Pac would go to the office more frequently if they knew their direct team members would be there. And 76% of employees in Asia Pac if their work friends were there which I thought was really fascinating. Tell me what, you, what your thoughts are around that. Hey listeners, time for you to grab a coffee or maybe a chance to catch your breath on your morning run. Whilst you're doing that, I want to share with you what's happening at The Career Establishment. In 2022, we've been busy working with clients to embed new behaviours, 
increased collaboration now that Face to Face is back, and supporting them on their Clifton Strengths journey. To find out more on what's happening with us, reach out at www.thecareerestablishment.com. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. I think uh, people, uh, I think this is, this is human, right? People, people go to where they like they, they, they like to spend time with the people they like, right? So yeah. I think that's, that's human. I think uh, the ability to um, uh, go back to the office and re-engage with the people that you trust, you like, you have fun with. Yeah. Um, or even just to be able to make time to share something that that um, that is affecting you. You want to talk to people that you trust, right? So how has that shifted my my thinking? I think uh, in, in terms of like just making sure that we we have what we call team agreements, if you like, on what days we might come back to the office. But even in the even in that, we keep it very flexible, right? So I think flexibility is super important. Allowing autonomy is super important, right? And and that brings back to how we should be focusing on um, our employees' time on the most important work, but also be uh, measuring them based on impact, right? So then you can then be allowing them to be flexible and having the autonomy and having the tools to okay, do Okay, so that's interesting that you say that. And I suppose... And I totally, totally respect that and understand where you're coming from. But then there's also that part of me that thinks if you're running a large workforce, we can't, you can't necessarily have everyone deciding when they come in. Because does that not break down that camaraderie if you've got groups coming in all different days? Is there still an element of structure needed so that when they do come in, there are certain activities that encourage that? So that's the kind of bit where I'm kind of in turmoil over. No, no, you're right, and 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 I guess uh, uh, on t- in terms of team agreements, right? Like you said, when you when you do come back to the office, you we would spend the days, right? Like we we want to design our days right now. In fact, I would think of it like almost like the way we used to think about offsites having, you know, it's yeah. like now this is like mini offsite, right? Yeah, uh, that's a great way of looking at it, if you will. Yeah, right? where yeah. even if it's I'm coming back a day, I'm gonna say, okay, the first day we're gonna. Uh, the first few hours we're going to spend talking about topics that uh, maybe ideating a, uh, around um, something that is going to help improve our culture, yeah. right? as opposed to a, a business topic, you know, or perhaps um, saying that, hey, let's do lunch together. Or maybe mm. it could be where we come together, we we, we share or we do um, strength finders yeah. and we discuss or we do book reads, you know, where it really helps to uh, build that social bond and that, yeah that um, uh, uh, reconnecting the team. And the other thing that I've observed is also like in the past year, actually, um, I had about 30% of my team uh, recruits that were external. Right? Came, they came from external on Microsoft, mm-hmm. right? And, and so um, they have not seen most of the people. And right. now that we're going back to the yeah. office, oh, uh, so nice. we, yeah, so I've, we have actually gotten them like buddies, right? So yeah. say if you were to join That's the important. Sydney team, I would say, hey, uh, Jason, could you be um, 
Amy's buddy, right? Mm. Uh, anyway, these aren't the real names, so if they do... It's like, what are they going to fit? Is it their real names? <laughs> what are going to fit so good and so mentioned? <laughs> right, so like, Jason, you know, could you help Amy, right? And, and what we have started to observe is also that because Jason, you know, wants to help others, right? Yeah. Which is one of our core... Uh, values that we appreciate mm-hmm. in our employees and Amy obviously wants to get help right and over time okay we notice that Jason starts to bring more of his network back into the office yeah. to help Amy yeah. and that helps Amy to rebuild her to, to build her social capital yeah and then that very nicely uh, kind of like creates that um, that uh, where you just mentioned right directs come in to work with, I mean people come in to work with their direct team and get to know their direct yeah. team right and I've seen that actually brought back the energy. Mm. People decide why they come in. And, yeah. and sometimes it's spurred from the, the, the push of wanting to be helped and wanting to help others. Yes. Right? And that created that. And I was like, great to see that as a result, right? People yeah. are deciding together. Yeah, so it's stronger than in. in a pack. So it, it's, yeah. it's easier to get people back if they have an out- accountability partner or a buddy. It's not just about them. Yeah, right. it's, it's a bit like going to the gym when you, when you yeah. join the gym, you go once, right? If you know you're going to go with a friend, you might go more than once a month, right? So, yeah, yeah it's that kind of thing. I was, I was really interested on those statistics with, you know, when it's when it's talking about um, people coming for their team members or their friends, that puts a bit of pressure on talent acqui- talent acquisition teams, though, doesn't it? Because if we look at, I know there's there was um, results results from Gallup when it comes to their engagement, and it said that. People not only come into the office to see friends, they also want to be surrounded by quality people. So we might have great friends in that team. They've got to be good quality friends. And I mean, good quality, capable individuals. So that also puts an added pressure on talent acquisition, hiring managers to bring great people in. Because it's not just about someone coming in and, oh, I could get on well with you. If you're not good at your job, and I've got to go out on a client meeting with you, and it's not, and it, and you don't have the same capabilities and skills as me. I'm I'm losing that engagement. I'm losing that will to want to come back into the office. So mm-hmm. there's also that element of pressure on getting the right people in, and the effect that has. Uh, actually, that's a, a, a incredible uh, insight, right? Um, I, I mean, thought about it but you, you kind of like put it out there and I think it's, it's, it's true and you know oftentimes right the leaders would expect or I've heard right even myself have been guilty of saying oh why is the recruiter not getting me the candidates that I need yeah. you know and it's <laughs> a common that's a, that's a common term yeah right and, but <laughs> if, if, you, if you like you know not get ahead of yourself and just take a step back yeah. right? only you know best like what you need What's the uh, yeah. the climate of your team, and what's the skills that you need to complement, yeah. right? Yeah. And I and I think that's where I kind of like alluded to earlier is like helping the helping the group to understand what skills could be, yes, uh, not present in the team, yes, right, could help the team to also appreciate what appears to be uh, not a strength. Uh, on, on you don't see my strengths, yes. right? Yes. But I have other strengths that I could complement, right? So yeah. that's one thing that creating that awareness. Yeah. The other is also how do we uh, look and help um, recruiters to screen in screen in candidates, right? As opposed to just saying that hey, you don't have this, and you know you check 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 check. Particularly in all tech off, businesses right? where they're they're hugely in demand. Yeah. As talent. And and even over time, um, I would say I, I start off introducing myself by saying that I lead a team of deep technical and solution expertise, right? Which is important, 
right? But over time, right, as the business evolves, right, we need um, people who have perhaps a little bit more consultative skills, right? So this is where I've started to broaden my perspective around what kind of uh, profile I might bring to the team. And then being able to mm. articulate, right? And mm. part of our, our hiring process also is not just me and my leaders, right? It also includes peer. It also includes right. someone who might be working very closely uh, like with my team. Yeah, right. the stakeholders. And it's not necessarily has to be someone senior. Right. right? So at the moment of, of us selecting that candidate and that candidate already has their buddies, right? Who were part of that process to bring mm. them into the organization. Mm. That hopefully would be of help to them. Yeah, right, it does. The yeah. yeah, But I think it's, um, yeah, I just, I just thought it was an interesting statistic that you found, but also adding on the kind of Gallup's findings on it of bringing people in, but they've still got to, they've got to be of a good quality as well. That sort of other element on it was, it was quite interesting. What should organisations or leaders stop, start and continue doing to embrace employees, to connect, to forge those trusted relationships whilst encouraging them to get back to the office? Well, I think first, uh, they, uh, which points back to our first point on the productivity paranoia, right? I think, mm. I think leaders have to stop uh, worrying about the hours that the team is working, like how yeah. many hours and if they're working enough, is they lost productivity? Such a hard shift though for people that have been uh, used to that in terms of how they've led. Yeah. How does someone stop doing it? It's easy to say stop. How can someone change that mindset? What are some of the things that someone that's been leading for 10 years, <laughs> that's literally kind of, oh, I'm finding it hard to let go. How can someone be able to build that trust and let go as a leader? Yeah, I think, I think first is we, again, you know, we go back to pivoting on the impact that the, the, the employee would, 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 would deliver, right? And those are some of the, the being clear of the, clear of the goals, making sure you're communicating that, making sure that we have like aligned objectives, and key results that we are all aligned at all levels to go push and be very clear about roles and responsibilities, yeah. right? And I think once we get that, um, we are less concerned about the activities, but we are more uh, able to look at the impact and the results, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's important. And the other thing to start uh, 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 start doing is that I think uh, we do, and I feel very passionate about this, right? Because I think we do need to start thinking about how um, we design our office space, mm. right? Because it's not going to be everybody at home and neither is it going to be everybody in the office, right? So some some leaders think that, oh, over time, we're going to make everyone come in the office. It's yeah. going to be 100%, you yeah. know? And I've seen um, some, of the, uh, some of the CEOs of some of our companies declare that, hey, I'm going to do this. But over time, they realize that it's... Look Probably. around, there's no one there. <laughs> yeah, and if they push too hard, they might lose that. that yeah. They might lose talent, which is already very, very tight. Yes, um, very much right so. Right now, right? So in that sense, right, looking at investing on the physical space is mm. super important, right? Mm. So like when people come, when they want to do ideation, uh, yes. how do we have the meeting rooms that allow for virtual and hybrid yeah. is, is so important, right? Because yeah. if I come into the office and I'm trying to do a meeting and the technology... Uh, it's not good. Yeah. Right. And we I, can't book a room or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm part of a team that I cannot have the flexibility to say, hey, today I do want to come and meet you, Andrea. We're great friends, you mm. know, but today, but not today. <laughs> Maybe today I need a yeah. break from you. Yeah. <laughs> never. Never. <laughs> right. And I say, okay, I'll be able to dial from home. Right. And and I should feel like the experience. That it's acceptable. Yeah, yeah. And it's acceptable and the experience is the same. I don't feel like I lost uh, anything. Right. 
So I think that that investment mm. into the office space mm. is super important. And and here in Microsoft, one of the things that we try to do is to um, create that the 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 templates, if you will, right, to guide our customers on how to build out those rooms. Wow. That is really interesting. I've only seen a, a little bit of the offices. I'm definitely going to have a little nose later, but it's it's certainly uh, pretty pretty snazzy. Um, what would you continue doing? What should a leader continue to do to embrace to embrace? What are some of the things that are, that are continuing to work for you that you're that you're keen for other leaders to know about? I think um, one of the things we should continue to do. Well, I think it's kind of a start and continue to do, depending on where we mm. are at this journey. I think investing in the learning and, and growth experiences for our team is super important. Yeah. Right. And I think if we are able to bring that learning and growth opportunities into the flow of what they do on a daily basis is 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 important, right? So most of uh like I like you asked me like uh, why did I stay in Microsoft for so mm. long, right? And part of it is because I got to learn new skills, I got to do new things, right? So you, we could do all the best setup in the office, we could do, you know, like the best uh, culture and all that. But as long as the individual does not feel like they are able to grow and learn and adapt to the new new skills, um, I don't think they feel like they are being invested in. And right, that I would personal, say, personal approach. Yeah, at a personal yeah. level, and I think they won't feel alive being in this organization or, or energized by the work that they do. Right? I think humans, they just love challenge. We complain, but we also love challenge. Mm. And I think part of that learning and investment in the growth is super important. Mm. And then we have to make right decisions, right? So how do you know if you're making the right decisions, the most up-to-date, because things are changing so rapidly? So I go back to the fact that we need to make sure we are we are we are keeping pulse and listening to our employees, so that we, whether is it we are designing the rules okay. or we are designing okay. the, the curriculum for learning, it is going to resonate to what's going to help them, right. and that in turns you know reduces burnout and that in turns reduces the leaders' uh, uh, productivity paranoid uh, sentiments. Yeah, so it, go it goes back to the role of the leader again, doesn't it, in terms of the listening skills asking probably curious questions, getting feedback, what's working, what's not working, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, in terms of if they're bringing new talent on, are they getting up to speed? Is there anything that they need? Is there anything missing? Just being, but it's, So it's constantly um, checking in with staff, not just assuming the way we've done it for years is how we should continue. It, uh, yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and there's one thing uh, I would love to share. In fact, um, in Asia, we have... Uh, uh, we, we believed in on this. Uh, so we launched this as we went back to the office, right? We launched this okay. as we went back to the office, what we call three-dimensional work. Okay. Right? And the way we are thinking about three-dimensional work is around like, uh, it's, not, it's not like just two-dimensional where there is a screen or people, mm -hmm. one-dimensional where we're just interacting with each other. But it's really like synchronous, asynchronous, remote or, or in-person. Right and and actually we one of the fun things that we did because these things are easy to say as you mentioned but how do you actually make it real right yeah. so we had like from leadership across Asia uh, like our CVP for for uh, Asia right to all the leadership you know we we have this tech this tagline that we say works for me and so we take pictures of our workspace how we're working and we share that in a broad community across asia okay. right so people get to see that hey it's not just uh, me right uh, that that area vp is also working from home and having different styles of working right. and today he's doing this tomorrow he's in a team offsite and so okay. they can see the tone from the top Right. And that's the only way that you can say 
that people feel like they are safe and they are trusted and you really believe right. that Right. You can have that flexible work. So you could have cats and dogs on the desk at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That kind of thing. Or birds. Okay, I had right. a couple of those. Right, yeah. interesting. Different. Yeah. Right, so so <laughs> I think setting the tone uh, yeah. is also important. Thank you for that. I think we've come to the end of the second finding, which is fantastic. Um, thank you for sharing that. And um, for all those listeners out there, get ready to listen to the third um, pod in the three-part series where we look at re-recruit your employees as one of the findings. Thanks so much. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.